What's up, everyone? Rich here. We're back. The Rich Webster Show, episode nine, almost into double digits. Very exciting. Excited about it. Right at the top of the show, really, really quick. I'm only going to take a minute to talk about this at the beginning. If you're a fan of this podcast and you're self-employed, you will love How to Work Less. And enrollment is closing tomorrow, Monday, September 4th. We are in the home stretch. You only have a limited time if you want to enroll. If you want to check it out, go to learn.howtoworkless.com. There's links everywhere. It's in the podcast description. It's in my social media bio. It's in my emails. If the page is up, you can still sign up. You'll know you're too late if you go to the page and it's just a link to a waitlist to the next cohort. So if you have any questions at all, if you've been thinking about this, I know a lot of times I hear from people, they're like, yeah, I knew I was going to sign up, but uh, I just sat there with the sales page in a tab or I started your emails and I waited until the last possible second. Guess what? It's the last possible second. (laughs) You've done it. So if you have any questions, DM me, send me an email, info at howtoworkless.com. Just reply to any of my emails about the course and you can get in. If you like this podcast, you're going to love this course. It's like everything I talk about here on steroids, all my secret strategies, tools, frameworks, everything that I use to build a business that I talk about here. We've got a bunch of people already signed up. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you've already signed up, thanks for enrolling. Okay. Uh, We've got over 65 students enrolled. What, 78 or something? I'm looking at my notepad. 78 past students have already signed up. It's going to be a great crew. The only person that we're missing is you. Learn.howtoworkless.com. Home stretch here. You've really got about a day to decide whether you want to enroll or not. And I hope to see you there. All right. Let's get back into a real episode. I shared a post on social media this week that I wanted to talk about more. It was called Six Hard Truths from a Former Workaholic. If you're working 60 plus hour weeks, you're making one of these six mistakes. One of my controversial beliefs is that everyone is working too much. No matter what business you're in, no matter whether you like your job or you hate it or you're self-employed or you have a job, you know, whatever it is, Everyone is working too much. And one of the things that I'm always trying to teach people is how can we be more effective, more intentional, create systems, prioritize, delegate, so that we can get better results with less time. Um, Because I think there's honestly nothing worse, you know, with the life that you have than spending it sitting at a desk, especially if you're not doing anything. So while I enjoy working, I like recording this podcast. What I don't like is wasting <laughs> wasting my life sitting at a desk, you know, scrolling social media or being distracted or working on stuff that really isn't going to move the needle. But right now what I hear over and over again from people is that they are maxed out on time, right? Most people follow me because they have that problem where they have no time left in the day and what is the side effect of that, especially you know, when you're self-employed, if your schedule is maxed out, if you're working 40, 50, 60, 70 plus hours a week, you're going to hit a bottleneck where you can't make any more money because you have no hours. And the vicious cycle that is created is when you're maxed out on time, it's like... <laughs> it's like putting on like a stupid helmet or something because when there's no free space, we end up making really bad decisions and doing stupid, inefficient stuff because we are always behind. Because most often in business, the best decisions that you can make require planning. And when there's no space, 
we don't plan and we just put out fires. And usually when you put out fires, you do it extremely inefficiently. Um, so the only way to get out of this is to free up your time. And when people are maxed out on time like this, I ask them, you know, what's your plan to get out of this? You know, they tell me, Rich, like I'm, I'm fried. I'm working 60 plus hours a week. What do I do? How are we moving forward? There's no answer. They're just drowning. Because the problem is when people are maxed out on time, they can't see past the day-to-day. They are just drowning with responsibility and they can't see all the options that they actually have and all the things that they can do. So hopefully, whether you're working too much in your opinion or you just want to be more efficient and free up even more time, I wanna give you six things that you can focus on in your business today that are going to help to reframe how you think about spending your time so you can get in, get out, and get on with life. Oh, I have this one quote. This was, I saved this from last cohort of How to Work Less. Um, she did a great job implementing this stuff, but this was her, her thing. She said, um, I thought there was an element of pride in saying I work 16 hour days in my business. Not when you're not getting closer to your goals, keep switching between a hundred different tasks and are scared to increase rates and higher. And that is something I see over and over again. You know, we think that if I just sit at the desk all day and quote unquote work hard, things are gonna work out. And when you're self-employed especially, there's nowhere to hide. When you have a job and you work 80 hours a week, especially if you're getting paid by the hour, yeah, you're gonna get paid more money and it's gonna seem really good. And you know, in that instance, it probably is. But when you're self-employed, if you are not doing the right stuff, an 80 hour work week may not make you any more money. Okay, the work has to work, and that's what I want to talk about here. All right, so let's talk about the mistakes that I've learned the hard way that you may be making in your business that hopefully we can work on fixing together and and reframing a little bit. All right, so mistake number one. This is such a problem. You value all your tasks the same. And when there is no prioritization, there is no progress. I really believe that prioritization is the number one skill that you need as an entrepreneur because we throw around like this term strategy all the time. Like what's your business strategy? What's your plan? And what I believe is as an entrepreneur, your strategy really just comes down to (laughs) what you do. When you sit down, to do work, your strategy is not what's on the piece of paper. It's not what's in the Notion document that you outlined or what's on the whiteboard. It's not what you know you should do, but you're not currently doing. It's not what you told someone that you're going to do. It's not what you planned out on the piece of paper the night before. It's what actually happens. So your strategy is really just what you do and how you spend your time. And the better you get at spending your time effectively and prioritizing the more money you're going to make, the less hours you're going to have to work, the more efficient that you're going to be. And it really all starts with starting to understand how we value tasks and figuring out the difference between different types of tasks. 
The problem that I see is that because many things in our world right now in 2023 are urgent and not important, we accidentally value really important things at the same level of importance as extremely not important things. So like you value an unread email in your inbox just as much as, you know, your business plan, or you value a direct message from a stranger as much as the next project you should be working on, or you value, a you know, unsolicited request for coffee or to pick your brain as much as finding your next client. And when we do this and you value all your tasks the same and whatever is just put in front of your face is what you do, you end up in a situation where you don't do things that move the needle or even worse, eh, maybe not worse, (laughs) just as bad is you spend all of your best energy of the day putting out fires, dealing with things that don't matter, right? Checking into feeds, social media, your email, you know, LinkedIn, like Slack, whatever it is, solving other people's problems when at the end of the day, you only have the crumbs of your energy and the crumbs of your focus to work on what really matters, which is your business. And one of the ways that I've found that's effective, it's not rocket science, um, Because the real, there's two things, right? There's an action that you can take and a habit that you can build. And then there's a skill that you can learn. And the skill is identifying what's important. And I could go, I mean, honestly, we do an entire 40 minutes in how to work less on prioritization and identifying what's important and what's not. I can't get into it here. But what I can tell you is that the skill of prioritization, in my opinion, is the number one skill that you need as a business owner. Second thing that I'll say is the action that you can take is starting your day with your most important thing, your MIT is what I call it. And it is the one thing each day that is going to move the needle on your business. And the idea here is that before you start putting out fires and checking any of your inboxes and checking in your fades, you take an hour or two, you identify what it is and you focus on something that is not just today's problem, but focus on something that is going to grow your business in the long term. And obviously, this is something that I do every day. It's a habit that I've had for a really long time. And even if you just commit an hour to it, when you have the most energy and the most focus, for most people, that's going to be first thing in the morning. There are going to be night owls. You know, it's up to you. Do it when you have the highest level of energy and start your day with your most important thing. Seems simple. It's not like a secret business hack or anything like that, but you'd be surprised by how many people start their day with opening their email to see what the most you know, important fire that happened overnight was, or just starting the day with something on someone else's to-do list. And that is a recipe for continuing to work much more than you need to. Number two of our six mistakes is you can't say no. If the most important skill, the number one skill you need as an entrepreneur is prioritization, the inverse and the second side of the coin is boundaries and learning how to say no, right? Because how do we defend our priorities? You have to learn how to say no and 
say yes to what matters and say no to everything else. We all have the same amount of hours in the day when it comes down to it. No one likes disappointing people. I totally don't. You know, it's much easier to say yes. It's <laughs> it's free. It's free and everyone's happy when you say yes. But saying no is really important for your business and for productivity. And it's really the only way that you can free up your time and energy and focus on those things that matter. Because if you say yes to everything, you end up with a full schedule full of other people's priorities. Why is this so hard to do? Why is this so difficult to do? It sounds easy. You just say no. There are a lot of things that go into why we have struggled with this. We literally live in what I call a yes society. And because, you know, we come from hunter gatherers and living in small tribes and small groups and, and families, one of our most fundamental needs is for social connection and this feeling that we belong. And we are fighting back against something that is hardwired in our brain where saying no feels threatening to our relationships and that feeling of connectedness. So if you're struggling with saying no and setting boundaries and doing what you need to do for your business, you're fighting against some pretty hard wiring. So I don't want you to feel bad about it, but you need to have awareness and then focus on trying to make a change. So our society really does condition us to say yes in every area in the media. We learn this from our parents. We learn this from work. We learn it from our friends. It is good to say yes to other people. Um, it's just a lesson that is told. I understand why. It's good to help people. It's what keeps the world moving. But business is a little bit different because the goal of having your business is to, you know, create the life that you want to live. It's a little bit different. And society is constantly going to tell you, say yes to everything. And as a result, you can think you're doing a lot of people, a lot of favors, and then you're not moving the needle on anything <laughs> for yourself. So I always encourage people to like, hey, put the, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, put the oxygen mask on your business first, and then go out and help people. Okay, so I'm not telling you not help people, but take care of your thing first. There are so many other things that play into why it is so hard to say no, right? What about this value of you've got to keep your word? You know, you've got to in have integrity and honesty and the law of reciprocity, right? Hey, you helped me or I helped you. Can you help me with this, right? We want to fit in. We want to avoid conflict. We want to help other people. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. All of this stuff that is so deeply woven into our into our society and our world is what stops people from focusing on the things that they need to do. And what you're going to find is that everything you want, everything that you know you need to do is on this other side of a few uncomfortable conversations. And you're not going to do this perfectly, but it is something that you need to start with. And if you're asking yourself, why did I work 60 hours last week? Take a look at how you spent your time and who you said yes to and the things that were optional or maybe just not essential or didn't move the needle that you agreed to because it was easier to say yes than to have just a difficult conversation. 
All right, that's a really, really important one. So number one is we value our tasks all the same. And then number two is you can't say no. Even better, this is a good one. You can't focus. <laughs> Some people have this problem more than others, but I noticed that everyone really has it right now. Most people can't truly focus for more than an hour at a time. One of the exercises that I always encourage people to do, if you've never done it before, highly recommend you check it out, is to track your time. So sit down for a week, use a piece of software, use a piece of paper, use a, a spreadsheet like Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets, or you can use a fancy time tracking software like I use. I use one called Toggle, Toggle Track. If you Google that, T-O-G-G-L, you can use the software that I use if you'd like. doesn't matter what you use. The point is, all you have to do is write down what you did for every 15 to 30 minute increment over the course of a week, and then look back and realize how much you got distracted and <laughs> you know what small percentage of your time was actually really effective. Most people really struggle with deep focus. We are surrounded by distractions and interruptions and notifications, and as a result, we can go through this thing where like you really only have two to three hours of work to do in a given day and you end up spreading it out over 10 hours and you still don't finish because of these distractions and interruption and notifications. And maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, Rich, that's not me. Okay. I know how to focus. I'm very disciplined. But the research would say otherwise. What does the research say? We check our phones on average 96 times a day. I don't know if you know this, but there's been a lot of studies into focus. And when you check your phone, you break your focus. And on average, it takes anywhere between five to 20 minutes to return to whatever task that you're doing. So multiply that times 96, and you realize that it is very, very hard to stay focused. On average, there've been a ton of, ton of research on this, 40 to 60% of work time each day is wasted. So people always ask me, Rich, how do you work like three, four hours a day? Because I just sit down and do only the stuff that I need to do. And then I try to get out. And don't get me wrong, you know, like when I'm not working, I'll check my phone, I'll look at social media, I'll get distracted. Um, but it's really clear that the things that I absolutely have to do on a given day, I try to do it pretty much when I wake up and get it done in a couple of hours with little distraction. Still don't believe me? The average worker is productive for two hours and 53 minutes a day. This is from a very, very large study. And it turns out that most of us could be working 15 hour weeks if we could just figure out how to focus. And focus is really about time without distraction. How do we fix this? The key, and honestly, the book that I recommend if you've never checked it out, is there's a book called Deep Work. It's by Cal Newport, and I'm going to give you a couple of hacks that I've learned from my own life, things that I implement, stuff I've learned from the book, stuff I've learned from other places, and the key is to have as much focused time over the course of the day. Uh, my business coach, Chris Doe, told me that he learned this from his business coach. He said that his coach said that the goal of entrepreneurship is to collect as much discretionary time as possible over the course of the week. 
And I would go one step further and say that the goal of entrepreneurship is to collect as much focused discretionary time as possible over the course of the week. Because it's one thing to get that time and then another thing to just waste it, getting distracted. So it's all about deep work. And the secret that I like to share with people is you are competing against systems and (laughs) software and AI and teams much, much more powerful than you and much better than you. And there is a reason that when you open up TikTok, you can't put it down. (laughs) We've all seen it, right? You see someone scrolling Instagram, someone scrolling social media. It is literally addictive and you are fighting against things much more powerful than you. So rather than focusing on trying to will it, to use your willpower, we want to start to design systems and a workspace and a life for focus for the times that we need to do it and use tools and systems and create habits around focus. I'll give you just a couple. I can't get into all of them now. I've done about three hours of trainings on this topic, surprisingly, in How to Work Less. Um, It's a bonus. But I'll give you some of the ones that you can start with that I'm using right now just looking at my devices. This is low-hanging fruit. The rabbit hole goes much deeper. But if you're not doing this stuff, this is a great place to start. Number one, disable all of your notifications on your devices. I basically have, the only notification I have turned on on my phone is text messages. Every single other app, social media, anything that's tracking, notifications are off. My computer has zero notifications. I don't get notified when texts come in. I don't get any dings or bings or you know flags or pop-ups or anything like that. If you can start by disabling notifications, that's really, really a good place to start. And people sometimes have an issue with that because they're like, well, how am I going to know if something's happening? Right. And the, the secret there is to batch the checking of the things that need to be checked. So if you need to check your email a couple of times a day, it's better to turn off your notifications and schedule your check-ins. I usually only check it twice a day. And then you have a lot of free time to not get distracted. Another easy setting that you can turn off is disable all of your red badge alerts. So you know how all those apps have those little red circles that tell you you've got new messages or tell you you missed a call or you've got like unread DMs or, you know, (laughs) your Candy Crush game wants you to come back and play it, whatever it is. Disable all of those alerts. Studies have shown that those little red badges actually like create a cortisol spike and literally stress us out. And once you see it, you like can't stop thinking about it. So I like to have all of my red badge alerts off. I think the ones that I still keep on are just the text messages for, and and I'll get to why I can do that in a second. And um, I do have um, some alerts for Notion on for, for my team, but that's it. Okay. Um, And that's just like for certain important things that I get tagged in. Next part, this is also phone and computer related. Use DND, the do not disturb feature is your best friend. If you don't have it set up, I encourage you to start by just creating sometimes over the course of the day. So for me, 
My do not disturb turns on automatically at 5 a.m. and it turns off at like 12 noon or one. And it basically stops all calls from coming in, all text messages coming in, except from a very, very small group of people. Um, you know, my wife, um, a couple members of my team, and that's pretty much it. And, you know, obviously if someone gets, wants to get a hold of me, um, they just call twice and it would come through. And um, I can still access the messages that come in, but I don't get notifications for them until that DND ends. So usually I'm wrapping up work around 12 to 1, and then at that point I'll check in and the DND turns off and my phone kind of turns back to a regular phone. All right, last pack, fact I'm going to give you. I already covered batching. Um, there's a great piece of software called Freedom. It's freedom.to is their website, and that allows you to set um, website blocks and application blocks on your computer. Uh, I've used that for a while to block social media and distracting websites when I'm in my deep work session. I find that to be valuable. Oh, one other thing, this isn't on my list, but I did talk about this on Workless Wednesday. I've been using this browser called Arc for a while. So I've switched from like Safari and Chrome over to Arc, A-R-C. I think their website's arc.net um, and you can download this. I really like it. It's it's awesome. I can't even explain all everything. That's a whole nother episode. But the one of the things that I have used that I've created is there's this feature in Arc called Boosts. And Boosts are basically like a little basic CSS editor that allows you to edit the different web pages. Let me give you an example. So you open up Arc and let's say you turn on YouTube. The way I have it set up is I've created a custom boost that deletes all of the recommended videos, all of the comments, everything, you know, all the subscriptions, everything distracting about YouTube so that when I go to a YouTube video and I have this turned on, it basically just only shows the video and the name and the, nothing else in the description. And there's nothing else aside from that. And the reason that I do this, and I have this set up for a couple of sites, is like sometimes I need to pull up a YouTube video for one reason or another. But what happens is you pull up the video and then you see the recommended. And once again, we're fighting against powers much stronger than our willpower. And of course, they're going to serve you up something that you're like, oh my God, I want to click on this. Um, so last hack that I'll recommend for focus and deep work is try downloading Arc and playing around with the boost. There's a lot of good ideas there. I think I talked about it in a previous work last Wednesday. So that's number three. The reason that you are working 60 to 70 hours a week is because you can't focus and you're taking much longer than you need to to do your work. So we're starting to see a picture here. I've gone through three. There's three more I'm going to go through. And people who are working these long, long weeks, especially self-employed people, these workaholics, they're spending all their time you know, doing tasks that aren't moving the needle, saying yes to too many things. And then when they sit down to work, they're getting distracted and they're not focusing. All right, what's on the backside? Let's talk about three more. Number four is you never delegate. Okay, delegation is so, so, so important. If you're 100% maxed out on time, like you are fully booked, without a doubt, you are doing tasks that you could hire someone else to do. So if you're at the point where you're like, I'm working 80 hours a week, Rich, you are doing stuff that someone else should be doing. And just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. So what I recommend people to do is start to spend money to buy back their time. 
Uh, there's a great book about this topic. It's called Buy Back Your Time. It's by Dan Martell. I really uh, enjoyed it. It you know, told me a lot of things that I already knew or that I was already doing kind of intuitively, but I feel like he explains it insanely clearly and some of the systems in there are really good. So Buy Back Your Time, another book recommendation for you. So the mistake that people make and how they end up in this situation where they're working 60, 70 hours a week and they're just like, I'm maxed out and I'm drowning is they make one of these three mistakes. Mistake number one is they never delegate. They say, Rich, I don't need to delegate. I can handle it all myself. Rich, I'm a solopreneur. Didn't you read the word solopreneur? It says solo in it. That means one person. Okay, no delegation allowed. I have to change, <laughs> to change my Twitter bio. Um, here's the problem with not delegating. When you do everything yourself, you end up doing $10 tasks. So if your hourly rate, let's say you're billing $100 an hour in this example, and you work 60 hours a week, and you're the only person in your business, you are 100% spending time doing tasks that someone could do for $10 an hour. And what you don't realize that you're doing is you are costing yourself $90 an hour every time you do something that someone else could do for $10 an hour. You are losing money. You are throwing money in the trash every time you do this. And people just don't wrap their brain around this, that there is an insane opportunity cost. There is a cost associated when once you get to a certain point in your business with doing things that you shouldn't do as the business owner, okay? That's really important. And as much as you love doing these $10 tasks because they feel good, it's something easy to check off your to-do list. Listen, business isn't about feeling good all the time. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> um, and sometimes things that feel good don't move the needle. And would you rather sit at your desk entering data manually and feeling good about it? Or would you rather be living your life? It's up to you. Number two, delegating mistake. Some people give up too soon. They tell me, Rich, I tried delegation. Didn't work. It turns out I can do better than myself. You know, I hired someone, I hired a VA, they sucked. They were stupid. They weren't thinking like me. They couldn't read my mind. And oh my God, I hear this so often. People try delegating one time and they give up because it didn't work out. And they have this expectation incorrectly that the person that they're hiring should be them. <laughs> Especially if they want to hire someone for $10 an hour that should be them somehow. Guess what? The people who are exactly like you are out doing the same stuff as you. They're not gonna be the people that you hire. And there is nothing wrong with that. But you need to manage your expectations and think about business differently and create systems where people can succeed in the roles that you give them without them being you. All right, I have interviewed and hired probably over 100 freelancers. Um, I work with both, you know, highly skilled creative freelancers and people in admin roles. And what I've learned is for the highly skilled workers, the best thing you can do is talk to way more people than you're thinking you are. There are a lot of really, really good people to work with out there, but you need much more reps. You can't just hire the first person. You know, you might get lucky, but it's been my experience that some of the biggest delegation returns in my business has been 
putting in some extra time, you know, talking to a lot of people and just building out that network, especially for creative roles. On the admin side of things, your goal is to create a system where your admin person, let's say you have a VA, for instance, or an assistant, where they can succeed without having to think. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Um, there are a lot of people out there who do really great work, but there's a reason that they are not business owners and they don't think like us and there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is our fault that we expect them to be like us. So the more that you can do to give them well-defined job and task descriptions where they have a clear sense of, how do I say this? They have a clear sense of what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to do it, and what the definition of done is, they are going to thrive and become an incredible asset. When you give them vague instructions and say, hey, just figure it out on your own, that's just not good leadership. Um, and for especially admin roles, you want to have things in writing. So the way we do it in my business is we use a lot of SOPs, standard operating procedures, and checklists and systems, and things run really, really smoothly. All right, I'm down the rabbit hole on that one. Sorry about that. Number three, delegating mistake. And this is a big one, is some people get it. They understand delegation and they do it right, but they go in the opposite direction <laughs> and they can end up killing their business doing this. I, this is not, I can't, I don't want to go on a tangent about this, but some people jump immediately to hiring full-time employees and they say, Rich, I'm building my team. I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I need a big team so they can support me. And what I see is that people hire out a big team before they're ready and they don't do this thing that I call low risk delegation. I can't really get into it. It's in the course. Sorry, it's in the course. I'll talk about it on a different free episode sometimes for sure, but it's kind of a long thing. Um, but people make this mistake and the problem with hiring full-time employees is that you've now created a new floor for your expenses in your business. So you will never pay less than the salary of your employees forever unless you fire them. And as a result, things happen in business, right? Cash flow changes. Sometimes you have a great month. Sometimes you're slow for a couple of months. And you can end up losing all the profit in your business by jumping to a full-time employee right off the bat. And especially if you're trying to run a small business or a lifestyle business or a tiny team, a lot of times it just doesn't make sense. Okay, I have some more notes here, but I gotta, I gotta keep it moving. I got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Let me give you an action. Let me give you a next step. People struggle with delegation and they don't know where to start. So let me give you one place where you can start with this. First thing that you're gonna wanna do, grab a piece of paper, get it in front of you, make a list of things that you do regularly that meet two criteria. The criteria are number one, they don't make you money. And number two, you hate doing it. Everyone in their business has a list of admin tasks, just miscellaneous stuff that do not directly earn you any income and you hate doing them. They suck. You know you have to do it, but it's just part of business, right? Everyone has it. I'll give you an example. Like, I don't know, sending out invoices or, you know, updating a spreadsheet or responding to comments on social media. Next step, 
find someone to take a few of them over. List out the different steps for the, each of these and start testing someone out. And the goal here is to just start small and get the ball rolling here. Because especially if you're really maxed out on time, this is a habit that you need to get into. And what I see with people is when they're so freaking busy, they cannot dedicate the time to free up their own time. And it's just like a vicious cycle where you're maxed out on time and the things that you need to do to free up your time take more time and you don't have any time. So you just do nothing and you do it all yourself. See it all over and over again. All right, number five in our top six <laughs> list of mistakes for why people are working way, way, way too many hours is you don't have leverage. What's leverage? Leverage is when you spend a unit of your time and you get multiple units of reward in return. So most people do tasks that only pay them once. You do a project, you get paid, that's the end. There is no leverage there. You just did it, you got paid, it's over. It's spending, uh, it's uh, selling your time for money. And one of the ways that we can work on this is by taking a step back and figuring out like, how do I design a business that has more leverage in it? Because when you spend your time on tasks that build leverage, that's going to keep giving you more value and more returns over time. So things like building systems that design yourself out of the business, creating automations, and actually picking like a business model. Sometimes it's about taking a step back and assessing your business and your offers and how everything is structured for recurring revenue. Because the real secret here when it comes to leverage is how you design your business and what you do matters. The number one influence on your lifestyle as an entrepreneur is <laughs> what your business does and how you design it and what you sell and how you structure it. And so often people get into the situation where they've created a business that is giving them a life that they don't like and they don't realize that they were the one that created it. Like, if you have a one-to-one -one coaching business <laughs> and you hate one-to-one -one meetings, that's not a good idea, right? You've inadvertently created a business that is giving you a lifestyle that you don't want. Or if you, you know, work with clients, you're going to deal with clients in your day-to-day -day life. Or if you want to be a creator and write content, you're going to write content. You know, if you want to sell books or write articles, that's what you're going to spend your time doing. So a lot of times it's easier to ask yourself, well, what do I like doing? How do I want to spend my time? And then work backwards from there and design a business that allows you to do that, right? I mean, I've gone through this transformation as well. Um, as things have changed with my business, you know, I, I got my agency to a really good point where it's kind of running itself. And I went down this, this journey where, you know, I realized, oh, I actually really like writing and thinking about business and teaching people and creating and stuff like that. And then it's like, okay, well, what does a business look like that allows me to do that? And that's how I started this business. You know, I love being able to sit down, write out this, you know, think about what I've done in the past, think about what I'm working on right now and share my insights with other people and just say how, like what I'm thinking about in business so that they can apply it to their own life. So if you don't like what you're doing in your business, 
and you're maxed out on time, I want you to take a second and think about how is the business model that I have creating the tasks that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis that I don't like doing? And then work backwards from there. That's a tough thing to do. And you might say, Rich, it's impossible. I, I need money. I, I got to keep making money. But here's the thing. If you keep doing what you're doing for the foreseeable future, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. And there are ways to make small bets, tiny adjustments, tests, little things like that to push you towards the life and the business that you want. But the first step is understanding that if your ideal life (laughs) doesn't include one-on-one coaching calls with you as the coach, there is going to have to be a change in your business, right? Maybe you want to do one-to-many or you want to take your intellectual property and your curriculum and turn it into some kind of product that you can offer to people, right? Or maybe you want to do consulting with larger clients. Uh, These are things that you have to think about and ask yourself, how do I want to spend my time? What do I love doing? And then design that backwards. Okay, last one. So I hopefully, just to recap real quick, you can see how when people tell me, Rich, I'm super busy, I have no free time, there are always things that we can change. You are never trapped when you have your own business. Now, if you have a job, oof, sorry about your luck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, your autonomy is always based on the systems and parameters that your boss and your company has set for you. And I always want to give people like as much inspiration and stuff as possible, but it really comes down to like whether you have a flexible working situation or not, how much of this that you can impl- impl- uh, implement at a job. But when you're self-employed, you're the boss, baby. So if you're working these long, long weeks, you're probably not great at prioritization. You're probably spending a lot of time on things that don't matter. You probably are saying yes to too many things. You're probably struggling with focus. You're probably not delegating or doing a bad job at it, and you got to get better at that. Or you're probably not creating a business model that has leverage and allows you to do the things that you want to do. And then finally, the most important thing, perhaps, is if you are at the place where you are burning the candle at both ends, you're pulling all-nighters, you're really just beating yourself up, you are probably guilty of not resting. And the fact of the matter is your first hour of the day and your 10th hour of the day are not going to yield the same results. People ask me what I mean by that. For all of us, we have a limited amount of focus and willpower each and every day, especially to do deep focused creative work, which for most knowledge workers is essentially your job. Like if I asked you to sit down with a typewriter for a day and just write a book for 10 hours straight. I think we can all agree that you're going to start out strong at the beginning. And by the time you're 10 hours in, your writing is going to suck. Okay. We are biological creatures. We eventually, our energy and focus depletes over time. 
And yet so many of us think, oh, I can just fit a couple more hours in the day. But here's the deal. Are they, you know, all-nighters, right? Burning the midnight oil hurts you massively, massively long-term. Okay, what do we lose when we are just burning ourselves out? We lose creativity. We lose our ability to solve problems in ways other than brute force. We lose our ability to discern what's worth doing and what's not worth doing, our prioritization. And what do we say? What did we say at the very beginning in the first one? Prioritization is the number one skill you need as an entrepreneur. How many of you have spent hours on a task after working eight plus hours only to finally give up and be like, oh, I can't do it. I'm done. I'm just going to go to bed. And then you pick up that same task the next morning and it takes you 10 minutes, right? I've been guilty of that. This is something that has been shown over and over again is that in my opinion, working any more than like eight hours a day consistently over a long period of time is actually not productive. All right, there was a business roundtable report. It came out in 1980. This is unequivocal across any industry of knowledge workers and physical workers too. We'll talk about that in a second. The quote is 1980, the more you work, the less effective and productive you become over both the short and long-term. Our goal is to work less hours, be more effective, be more focused, be more intentional, be better at prioritizing, and then just get out and live your life. One example, if you still don't believe me that rest is important, and you, you're going to tell me, Rich, I love working long hours. I'm a hard worker. Okay? Hard work doesn't matter. The right work matters. Study that they did with construction crews, physical labor. Two construction crews building the exact same project. One construction crew was only allowed to work 40 hours a week. The other was allowed to work overtime and they were building this building. They had the exact same project. So the overtime crew was working 60 or so hours a week and they timed them to see who was going to finish the project faster. Who do you think finished it? The overtime crew was working an extra 20 hours a week, right? As opposed to just the standard 40 hour work week. What did they find? They found that the overtime crew working 60 hours a week, finished the project longer. It took them longer to finish than the crew working 40 hours a week. So the crew working less hours finished faster than the crew that was adding an extra 20 hours every single week. And what does that tell you? Once you get to a certain point, we suck at making decisions and we become really, really ineffective and we end up hurting ourselves. Like think about when you have to work a really long day. Maybe you have a deadline or something like that. And you do 10 hours or 12 hours or something like that. And you think, oh, that was great. I got so much done. What you don't realize and what people tend to ignore, they have selective memory about is sure you got that deadline done, but more often than not, the following day, your work suffers dramatically. You're probably going to sit down and realize, oh my God, I can't focus. You know, I'm just not motivated today. I'm kind of fried. And while you squeezed a couple more drops out of the lemon or the orange or whatever it is, <laughs> um, at the beginning, you know, in the, in your all-nighter or your, your late night, the bill always comes due. 
And that's something I want to recommend. So I encourage you, and the final point here is to stop working (laughs) sooner than you think. Do not try to squeeze every last drop. Do not try to deplete your battery to zero because it is actually less effective. And it is so hard for us to understand that because we think more hours equals more outcomes. It's just not the case. There you have it, folks. The reason that I listed all these, to be clear, is I've made all these mistakes. Every single one of them I have made, and I thought they were the right thing to do at the time, and I had to learn the hard way. So hopefully, with these six mistakes, you can focus if you're burnt out or you're just assessing, how do I spend my time? You can look at some areas where you might be able to make improvement from me and my mistakes. So that's it, folks. That was a fun one. I love talking about this stuff. Hopefully you got something out of it. All right, last thing I'm gonna say, if you want support with all this stuff, believe it or not, everything that I talked about here is stuff that we have systems, strategies, templates, tools, programs in how to work less for you. So if you want to get better at prioritization, or if you wanna get better at creating boundaries in your business and creating systems around saying no, or if you want to learn how to delegate and get my exact system and exactly where I go to hire people and how I do it, we could do all that together and how to work less if you'd like. And as you heard at the beginning of the episode, this is literally your last chance. We are closing the doors in one day. The program is for people who are self-employed. If you are a solopreneur, a freelancer, self-employed, et cetera, If you're maxed out on time or you're maxed out on money and you want to be more of a business owner as opposed to an employee in your own business. So if you want to free up your time, if you want more money, if you want to grow, how to work less is where it's at. What we do for you in four weeks, you'll learn how to scale your business without working more hours, build systems to run your business for you and spend more time doing the stuff you actually like doing and delegating the work that you don't. You are going to learn all the same systems, strategies, templates, tools I use in both of my businesses, all the stuff I talk about on this podcast, and then I've taught hundreds of students to do. I'm going to teach you and help you implement everything you need in order to make this transformation to a profitable lifestyle business. So if you listened to this episode and you resonated with a lot of the mistakes that I was talking about, you're probably a perfect fit. So if you want to enroll, last thing I'll say, go to learn.howtoworkless.com. There is a link everywhere in my bio in the podcast description reply to my emails i've been sending emails about it all that stuff and check it out we are closing the doors your next chance to enroll is next year so like i said my guarantee is that you will make massively more progress on your business in the month of september with me than you would alone i guarantee it all right so everyone I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a good time talking about it. And uh, hopefully I'll see you on Monday at 12 p.m. for our first session live and in person. And if not, I will see you next Sunday. All right, take care, everyone.